My definition of confidence is to know, love, and trust yourself. This is your host, Doc Schrock, and this is Life Alive. Let's dip into the how and why healing stories can transform lives, including your own at a time in history when it matters most. It doesn't matter how you started in life, it matters how you restart today. It's that time to reawaken your hope, purpose, and passion, to heal, grow, and find your flow into a life that has meaning. Let's go. Dr. Amanda Barrientes is the founder of NFA Coaching. She helps entrepreneurs build thriving businesses. What makes Amanda unique is how she coaches from coupling her social sciences training with her real life experiences of overcoming big challenges. After an affair, getting divorced, then having her next relationship fall apart, Amanda was living in survival mode, on food stamps, and trying to work her way through grad school as a single mama. In a breakdown moment, she knew she had to change. After accessing free knowledge on podcasts and YouTube, and then doing whatever it took to get high-level coaching, Amanda implemented what she was learning to transform her self-doubt, relationship struggles, and financial reality. Today, she has a growing six-figure coaching business that helps entrepreneurs master their mindset, optimize their habits, and manifest their vision so that they can build their business and their wealth doing what they love. Welcome to the show, Dr. Amanda. Hey, it's awesome to be here. Thanks Great. for having me. You're welcome. Um, I want to start off with just the here and now. What is inspiring you and got, is, has you fired up right now today? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, today, I'm super inspired creating online courses. So one of my big visions when I started my company, it was a different company name before, and one of the visions was to create an institute where people could come for a variety of courses that were not too expensive. At, you know, because of my background, I one of the ways that I really started to transform was through online courses because it's a lot less than individual one-on-one -on -one coaching. And so I always had this vision of creating like a, a big giant course, you know, just curriculum around a whole bunch of different topics. So I've been mapping out a whole bunch of different courses that I'm creating and I'm super excited about it. So that's my inspiration today. <laughs> right. You mentioned your background in podcasts. You mentioned, I mentioned your uh, podcast and YouTube being yeah. integral in your journey. So can you, can you just share with us why that was so important for you? And we'll get a little bit more into your background, but why is, why are podcasts and YouTube uh, good resources? Uh, I love, 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 love podcasts um, because of that place that I was in where I didn't have a lot of money and I had, I didn't have a lot of time as a single mom in grad school and yet I needed the knowledge to shift and transform my reality. So I love podcasts because it's learning, free learning on the go. So, you know, when I was driving my kids to school, picking them up from practice, riding my bike to classes, cleaning the dishes, everything I was doing where I could be listening to a podcast, that's what I did. So I really started to immerse myself in a wide variety of topics that were all based on you know, stuff like mindset, habits, goals, relationships, money, um, inspiration, personal empowerment. I just ate it up and it completely changed my reality. So for me, 
it was it was one of my greatest inspirations to create a podcast so that I could keep sharing what I'm learning with people for free. And so it's, it's something that I will do forever. And it's one of my favorite joys in my business. Great. Thanks for that. You mentioned the word immersion and since it's around the new year, uh, could you give our listeners some mindset habits or things to get their mind in the right uh, thinking about resolutions and immersing themselves into something new since it's the new year? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I have what I call the NFA mindset. So it, is it okay to swear on your podcast? Sure. <laughs> okay. So my company name is NFA coaching, which is no fucking around coaching. And yeah. I teach people what I call the NFA mindset. And what this has to do with is a mindset of, being willing to do whatever it takes to get where you want to go. So it's this high commitment, high desire, high inspiration, and radical responsibility for knowing that whatever you decide you want to do, believe you can do, and put action and energy into, you're going to be able to create. So, you know, I say when people are setting resolutions, it's really important first to be the person who's going to follow through. So a lot of people start with the have model of goals and resolutions where they're like, I want this and this and this and this and this, and they are super focused on the outcome instead of first focusing on who do you need to be, which is really your mindset around who you are and what you believe that you can create. You got to start with the be. So, you know, it's always about that identity part of yourself. Like, are you going to become the person that you need to become in order to do the things, which is habits, to fulfill your vision, which is your goals and your long-term outcomes. So, you know, in that resolution place, I think a lot of people fail on resolutions because they create their goals out of the have and they forget that they need to be. So I always start with the root of the be. And, and that's, you know, why to me mindset is critically important in manifesting anything you want to in life and business. Okay. So can you take us through that formula? What is the normal formula? Most people start with what they want to have and yes. then they think they want to do something and then so, that. so I'd say most people start with the have and okay. they don't even write a plan of action to get to the have so they okay. might go oh, I really really want to lose 10 pounds and then they write that down and then they don't make a plan of action nor do they go who do I need to become in order to be the person who gets up at, to go to the gym and do the workout every day they they don't change their identity in any way so instead of saying I'm trying to lose 20 pounds they say I'm a person who works out every day I'm a daily exerciser, right? So that's an identity shift and, an, and a mindset shift first. So, you know, if you want to be successful in, in accomplishing goals, getting where you want to go, start with B, focus on your identity, focus on who you're becoming, put a plan of action into place. So you've got to, you've got to start adjusting your habits and have one of the habits is a system, right? You create a system around what you want to create in the long run. And then that's how you accomplish your goals. And okay. fulfill your vision. So instead of having just a, what I would call a wish list or a fantasy, yeah. Yeah. someone is saying, I'm a person who has this habit. And if I do these things and put this system in place, then I will have those, that result. Yeah. Is what yeah. you're saying. That's yeah. great. That's such a good yeah, I love, I love We get it backwards saying. all the time. Totally. And I love you said it's called a wish list. You're right. Without a plan or shifting who you are, it's just a dream. So good. Uh, let's switch gears for a moment. And since we're talking about this be do have principle, take us back to 
um, that moment that you talked about in your bio where you give us a little background of the moment when you said, I must change. It's not even an option anymore. Give us a little background before that led you to that point. Yeah. So I, um, like I said, like you, everyone heard in my bio, I left my 15 year marriage through having an affair, which, you know, there's always a whole backstory there as well. I got married really young. I got pregnant at 20 and we got married and had three kids and we were first loves. We knew, I knew him, met him when I was 13. So there was, a, there's a long backstory there. I did not have relationship skills to say this isn't working anymore. I left through having an affair and my next relationship of course was falling apart. He lost his job. The day that my next, you know, so I had dated someone for quite a while. We lived together and he decided to move out because we, our relationship wasn't working. And <laughs> I was sitting on the floor of the empty basement, all of his stuff gone. And I, you know, in a, almost in a form of distraction, I opened myself, my email on my cell phone and my ex-husband, I thought we were getting along pretty well and starting to have some repair and recovery. And he wrote me this email titled boundaries and he listed all of these <laughs> new rules around the way that we were going to interact. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> my life is not as I want it to be. I started crying and I was just like, okay, I have got to become a different person. Um, you know, I really realized that I was the common denominator in all of my relationship struggles and that I needed to do something different. So I really, I took a vow in that moment. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to transform into a person who can have a fulfilling, connected, long-term relationship. I was also like going, I was on food stamps. Things were just falling apart in my money and relationship world. And so, you know, in that moment, it was such a gift. And, and my ex-husband and I now are best friends and we hang out all the time and have family meals and holidays and trips and all kinds of things. So we've done a lot of repair work, but that, that moment caused me to start on the path of doing the repair work. And so it was, you know, I always think of these pivotal moments where we have, we have the opportunity to go many directions and the direction I took was investing in myself and doing the work that it would take to shift into being a different type of person. You know, and since then I just, everything in my life has transformed in huge ways. So, um, yeah, that, that was in that moment. Can you take, did you actually say that out loud? Yeah, it, I said it in my head. Okay. Yeah. I was like, Oh wow. I've got to change. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And it was like that night on, I just, I, it, I just kept, uh, it was podcasts. I turned to pod, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to look at some relationship podcasts. And then I, and then that led me to money podcasts and shifting my value system toward wealth building. And then that led me into thinking, Oh, uh, being a professor isn't necessarily going to build my wealth. And so I started looking into entrepreneurship and I thought, Oh, how can I take my love of teaching and turn it into a coaching business because then there's unlimited potential for impact and income. And, um, so it just, it, you know, it was this domino effect of making that critical decision and cutting off from old ways of being and stepping into the commitment of, okay, I'm going to become a different person. That's, uh, quite, quite the pivotal moment there. Yeah. So yes. it was a good one. <laughs> after, after that was there, I talked to a lot of people on podcasts that you generally are uh, during their healing story. There was a period, there was a period of liminal space or kind of like, I don't, I'm trying to get my footing after that. Like you had the right idea of this is who I want to be. Uh, what were some of the first steps you took 
uh, you know, being a single mom, doing whatever it took to get good coaching and really just scraping by and surviving. Yeah. I mean, what I did was start to align myself with everything in the new direction. Right. So I had that B moment where I was like, I've got to become a different person. And then I had to do like, I'm willing to do what it takes. And then I had a goal of, I don't, you know, I want to be a person who can repair my relationships and step into new relationships in a win-win way, be fully revealed and self-expressed, not hide myself, not settle, you know, not, not, abandon myself for connection, you know, all those things that I started to learn. And so it was this process of, of going, okay, what would a person who is great at relationships do differently? And I, I realized that relationships are a skill and I realized that money and wealth building is a skill. And so I started to just take action in that direction everywhere I could. I started to model after the people, after the people that were successful in those areas, I started to immerse myself in learning everything I possibly could and not just learning. I was putting it into action every single day. You know, I wasn't just, I, I was learning, 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 saturating my brain, but I was taking action on what I was learning. So I always tell people knowledge in action is power, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just knowledge is power, knowledge in action is power. So you have actually got to apply what you're learning and it started to work and people started to ask me, what are you doing? Whoa, what's going on? You know, I, I really was stuck in a victim mindset of that. My life was just where it, it was in stuck survival mode. You know, I thought like, oh, I'm just going to be poor forever, I guess. I didn't really realize that there was a way out. And once I saw the light and I was like, oh, I can change this. I, I just, you know, to me, it was like I was free from prison. It's like, oh, I can actually have the power to change my life. Where, and I didn't really know that before. I always knew that I could pursue um, academic. It, it, I was always really good at school, and I always really loved the structure of learning in that way because there were check boxes. It was like, oh, do this, do this, do this, and then you get the PhD. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize money was similar. You know, if you do the A, B, C, and D, you'll end up with a net worth here. It's just the same thing, following successful people on a roadmap. And I just didn't, I never realized that until I started immersing myself in that learning and shifting the way I thought about it. When I was doing some homework about how you work, you talked, you talk about personal power. Mm-hmm. Would you say that this is the part of your story or how does someone step into that personal power to gain what you said, almost like getting out of their own mind prison into, into more freedom in their lives? Because everybody yeah. wants freedom, right? Oh yeah. Sort of a universal sure. need. Yeah, definitely. So how, how do you help some of your clients per, uh, starting with personal power? I think that that's the primary foundation for everybody. So I always start there. Um, We are completely masked and scared and have a lot of limiting beliefs that hold us back from reaching our fullest potential. And so for me, personal power, I, I, uh, my definition of confidence is to know, love and trust yourself. So if you know yourself, it means you know what you want, you know where you want to go, you, you know your likes and your needs and your non-negotiable needs and your vision and your why and, and you're really cultivating that. So I work with people on values, which is I'm trained in the Demartini method of values determination, which is really, I call it tapping into your genius juice. So when you tap into your genius juice, it gives you so much power because you go, oh, I do what I love every day. I'm in alignment. I'm congruent. And it gives you the fullest sense of focus, love for yourself, 
you see other people differently and it's just an incredible tool. So, so one is values, right? Then to, to love and trust yourself, the more that you know yourself and the more that you take action in the direction of your inspired path, the more that you start to love yourself, you care for yourself differently, you set different boundaries, you're clear about what you want, you share that with the people around you, you create high quality relationships. And then if you trust yourself, you know, hey, I don't always have the answers, but I know I can figure it out. I know there's resources out there to figure it out. And in that way, when you have, you know, that full sense of personal power, it's not to say that you're going to have it at every moment because we're humans. Every time I break through to a new level of myself, I go back. It's almost like you fall back to the, the childhood way of, of a little of fear and self-doubt because you're learning something new now. You're stepping, you're taking the steps, you're falling down, you're figuring it out, you're clarifying and you're going like, oh, okay, this is the next evolution of me. So I always think of growth as a upward spiral. So you're constantly expanding and it takes challenge and support in order for you to grow. So in personal power, you just keep expanding and expanding and expanding. I don't think we're ever all the way there. I don't think of it as enlightenment. I think of it as we, we take steps in a direction, we have quantum leaps, and then we go back to the beginning stage, and then we go the next evolution of our growth. So personal power is the foundation of everything else that you get to create. And how important is it when you do accomplish something and we'll, and then we'll step back to when we feel insecure and doubt, how important is it to celebrate along the way? And what are some mindset habits that someone can create to become that person of uh, success in their mind? And what's your definition of success? That was my other question. <laughs> that was a lot of questions and I'm going to have to write these down. <laughs> so the okay. first one was yeah. just tell us what to do to celebrate on the way and how important that is. Yes. Okay. So that's such a great question. And so many people overlook the celebration process and what that actually does to create neuroassociative links in your brain with reward. So we have reward centers in our brain. If we forget to celebrate ourselves along the way, it's like we're not treating ourselves for the amazing awesomeness that we have created and so it actually creates a negative feedback loop where you're like work 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 all the time where's the reward right so we want to keep consistently celebrating ourselves so it's a big one I talk to people about um, is taking the time to slow down and consciously celebrate yourself so the mindset around that is how how do I treat myself when I am when I have achieved something that I set my mind out to. So you create that confidence loop and you keep reinforcing the confidence loop where you go, I'm awesome. I said I was going to do something. I'm in alignment. I'm congruent. When I say I'm going to do something, I follow through on it. Awesome. Yay me, you know, reward yourself, celebrate yourself and then go to the next. And so it's this mindset really of self care and self love and, and seeing yourself as a valuable person who is worthy and deserving of treating yourself in these amazing ways. Um, and success. You said definition of success. I think it's unique to everybody. To me, leading a successful life is getting to do exactly what I love doing every single day and having an impact in the world that helps other people do the same thing. You know, so for me as a coach, I'm highly driven and inspired by helping people 
develop their consciousness and explore the love of themselves and other people and do what they love in the world. You know, that is my main quest is just to help people get really connected with their own sense of personal power, which to me always takes developing consciousness. You know, the higher levels of consciousness we get to go to, the more expansive we get to be, the more loving we can be, the more in power versus force we can be, the more win-win connections we get to create. And, and, you know, ultimately I think the whole quest of life is love. So that is what I like to help people do. So that's success to me. I love that you also seem to value honest expression of that's just, it really is making meaning in your own life. And depending on our values, our definition yeah. of success, every single person really should be different, almost like a unique success thumbprint. Yes. That's great. Yeah, I love One it. One thing that I heard you say is really connected. That stuck out to me in that last section. If you don't know, love, and trust yourself, and then you don't, you're not really doing something that's in connection with people or puts you in service to others, is that when you start seem to uh, hit barriers or feel like you lose progress? It, how important is that piece of being connected to other people? Hmm. Okay, so I want to make sure I'm clear what you're asking because mm -hmm. like in part you're saying to know, love, and trust yourself, that confidence piece, how does that keep getting developed through connection to other people? Yes, how does that get developed by, okay, this is who I want to become, but none of us can do it alone. So how does that develop sure. as you go into relationships? Yeah. And gain those relationship skills. Yeah. You know, I, I really look at relation all relationships as a spiritual journey. So, you know, whoever you're drawing into your life, it's there's lessons there that need to be learned by each of you. You know, so, and they're going to be different lessons, but, it, you know, when we look at, let's say, intimate relationships, physically intimate relationships, you tend to attract people who, if you have any unhealed wounds, you're going to attract someone to you to help, and they're going to, in a tangible way, show you what you don't want to see in yourself. <laughs> and so it's this... How convenient. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so it's this beautiful opportunity to grow, and it's, um, I think you know, like my PhD is in sociology. So I'm always thinking about interconnectedness and how we as social beings need each other. You know, there's um, a really cool Harvard study that talks, I think it was a 75 year study. Yeah, it was 75 years. And they did a longitudinal study with a whole bunch of different, they actually focused on men when they started the project. And so they followed them through their life. And what they found, one of the main findings was that people live longer when they have high quality relationships and that they're happier when they have high quality relationships. Without high quality relationships, people's immunity is worse. Um, they die younger, they feel lonely, depressed, you know, on and on and on. So I look at relationships as a really important aspect of life. And through others, you get to help each other grow. So, you know, confidence. Yeah, we, <laughs> I love that question. It's like that personal power piece. Like if there's a part of it that's knowing yourself first 
is this way that we individuate so that we can interconnect and be interdependent. Instead of codependent or hyper-independent, we get to be interdependent. So when two people who have a high sense of personal power and know, love, and trust themselves, they can come together in a relationship and manage and navigate the challenges much more easily because they're not looking to each other to fill the voids. Mm. And some of those voids are those needs are these insecurities that people think they need that other person for like you complete me instead of, Oh, I'm already whole, but I choose to be with you. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. When I was young, I used to think that was so romantic. Like you complete me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I'm like, Oh, there's some problems there, you know. There's that, some problems there. <laughs> yeah. Most romance movies, there's a lot of a lot of weird downloads that we're getting about what relationships should look like or could look like. Um, so yeah, it's this idea that, and I don't think we're ever completely whole. I, I mean, it's like we're always striving, and it's a process, and it's a journey, and it's a quest, right? It's an evolution of ourselves. So I don't. I think it, it's we can we can reach higher. What's the right words? Let's see. I want to be conscious of what I'm saying here. Um, <laughs> we, we evolve in our expansion of ourselves. And as we become more self-reflective, more aware, more conscious, we attract different types of people to us who are going to be more on that, in that frequency, let's say. And so, you know, you're going to learn different lessons at different stages of the game. It's why when you're 15, you have very different types of relationships than when you're 30 than when you're 50. Often, it's not always an age thing, but sometimes it is, right? And so, you know, I look at that as going like, if you're looking to someone else to fulfill a whole bunch of your needs, then that's going to create a lot of codependency where you don't get to work on yourself in the same way. And you're not, you're you're looking to to see yourself through someone else's eyes. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. I want to go back for a moment to address that when we go through or when we're building the confidence loop, as you, mm-hmm. you said, and then on the other side of the loop, we always will, it, well, inevitably, we will come against our insecurities in doubt, loneliness, sure. maybe. Take us back to, because I know there's going to be um, you said you were a single mom at the time when you're going through all of this, there may be someone listening in my audience that is there right now is just got off the phone with dad and thought, wow, I thought we were in a pretty good place. And then it was like a punch in the face. Let's talk to that person right now. When you're in insecurity, when you're in the loneliness, when you're in the doubt, any strategy there to share with that person? Yeah. You know, in in that person, I think that it's the most, it's the scariest and hardest thing to do to look at yourself and realize you're creating your reality. Most people want to blame other people for their reality. So in that moment, it's you going, okay, why am I creating this? What lessons do I need to learn from this? And how can I improve and move in different, in new directions with all the lessons that I'm learning in this current situation? The moment that you blame someone else, you take away all your power. So if you're getting off the phone and you're thinking, what a jerk, why is he, why is he or she doing this to me? Uh, None of this is my fault. It's all them. You know, most people go, it's your, it's, it's the boss's fault. It's the children's fault. It's the 
partner's fault. It's the economy's fault, right? And that takes away all of your power to create something different. So the second that you decide that what you focus on expands and that you're the, you don't need to be in the victim mindset and that you can actually take steps in a new direction, then you have the power to shift. So, you know, and someone in that situation, I would say, start looking for ways to improve yourself. Your, and I always start with mindset because it's that B part. And it's that place of shifting into a new identity. And it's you starting to have the belief that you can change. The belief that you deserve something more than you're creating right now. The belief that you want to live an inspired life. You know, it all comes from that starting place of realizing you're the center of your world. It's happening for a reason. And so, I, you know, I always tell people, if you don't like what you're seeing on the outside, look within. If you don't like your outcomes, look within and start with your thoughts. And, and your emotions give you a guide to your thoughts. If you feel off, you feel crappy, you feel constantly complaining, your thoughts are leading that. So that means that you're having that victim mindset. You're blaming other people. Complaining is just praying for worries to come, praying for trouble to come your way, right? You're complaining, you're complaining, you're complaining. You're attracting, I call it a shit storm. <laughs> you're attracting a shit storm your way, you know, because you're creating that reality for yourself and giving yourself more things to complain about because of selection, uh, uh, confirmation bias, right? And law of attraction and all of those kinds of things. So, you know, for someone in that situation, I'd say start working on yourself. Like, like make personal growth and development your number one action for the next year and watch how much you can change in a year in every area. So for someone to start that, uh, give us an example of how you start your day, maybe the first 10 to 20 minutes of the day. Yeah, I have, I do a morning routine every day. Love it. And I, when I, don't do it. I feel completely off. So it's really important to me. I think that way that you start your day is a keystone habit that helps set you up for success for the rest of the day and the rest of your life. Um, so I, I, five days a week I work out uh, and so I'll work out and, um, you know, then I'll shower and then I always do personal growth and development time. So that could be in the form of reading or, um, you, almost always it's reading in the morning for me. I, I have to do online courses and all kinds of stuff, but I'll, I'll exercise, I read, I journal, and I meditate. And I do that every single morning. And on the days I don't exercise, I just do more personal growth and development reading. <laughs> so, you know, to be meditation, journaling, and personal growth and development are, you do those three things, you're going to up-level your life in significant ways. And so what are some inspiring authors that someone could start with? Oh, that is a loaded question. Can you give us two? You, you can see behind me. I have, I, I have hundreds. I have thousands of books. <laughs> I, I see the power them. of habit back there. Yeah. Yeah. I have a whole bunch of good ones. Um, I'd say it really depends on what area you're talking about. Give me an area maybe. Or I could give you the three that I started with when I was on the floor crying, you know, like. Yeah, start with somebody you're down on the floor crying. I started, and because of it was initiated by relationship stuff, I actually, and I think this is so funny and awesome, and I would pay a million dollars for this book because it completely changed my life. I started with Codependency for Dummies. And this was really powerful because I had never really I had heard of codependency, but I only thought it was for like people who are in relationships or had parents who were addicts 
and substance addicted. And I came to learn that that wasn't the case at all. It actually has to do with creating yourself through relationship and a hyper focus on other people. And, and so kind of this, almost another term um, is uh, nice guy syndrome, right? So for guys, obviously, that we call nice guy syndrome, it's really a similar thing of codependency. So it's when you want to please other people to the degree where you abandon yourself. So abandoning yourself for connection because you so badly want to be liked, to be loved, um, to be seen as good. Um, and so when I read that book, I was like, holy moly, this woman, it's, her name's Darlene Lancer. She was like, she wrote that book at me. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it changed everything. So I started in, in that direction. And then two other books that I, you know, in this realm of work, which is really deep interpersonal work and shadow work, um, Debbie Ford, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, brilliant book, um, really amazing at helping you own your dark side, embrace your dark side instead of trying to push half of yourself away, it, which, which what that does is increases shame and guilt and fear. Anytime we're in shame and guilt and fear, it's not possible for us to love ourselves. So that really started to teach me to, to see my, it's based in Carl Jung's work and it's shadow work. So she really mainstreamed that concept of shadow work. And then um, the other one that I read at the very beginning of this process was called, um, oh boy, what is the actual book? Uh, loving what is and it's Byron Katie and she has a four question process that she asks and it really helps you expand your thinking around recognizing that you make up a lot of stories with a lot of limiting beliefs and how to shift it and then you know then I got led into D John Martini's work who I've got different certifications from and and you know that just it's like a fun wormhole when you start to <laughs> read something that you're inspired by and it, and you start to implement it and it starts to work. It just opens the door to what's next. And so I just trust the process and always go, Ooh, this is next. This is next. This is next. And then it, you know, so now it's like I read all kinds of mindset books and habits books and performance books and relationship books and uh, money books. And it, you know, just, I just go with my flow of trusting that the right information comes to me in the right moment. Mm. Let's talk about win-win relationships for a moment to shift into like the money mindset. Let's mm -hmm. talk to the entrepreneurs out there for a moment. Yeah. Um, what, what is an example of a win-win relationship in a, in a business sense? I'm always thinking about how can we support each other in our growth. So it's never about a take or what can I get out of this in a one-sided way. It's how can we create and support each other on our journey in, you know, joint ventures, collaboration, uh, leadership mentality, which has to do with how can we lift each other up not how can I tell you what to do. It's how can we lift each other up and how can we support each other, each fulfilling our dreams in our unique ways by all of us getting to show up in our genius juice. So it's like I show up with my greatest powers, my personal power, and you show up with yours and let's enhance each other and grow together instead of this competitive system where, you know, one person succeeding and the other one always needs to somehow is losing in some way, right? So mm -hmm. to me, I always look at win-win relationships as how can we both show up fully expressed, fully aware, as conscious as we possibly can be and go, oh yeah, we both have different, we might even have different goals, but how can we support each other getting there together? Mm -hmm. And when there is a disagreement, can you take us through a skill of some negotiating so you're looking at supporting instead of just challenging and the tendency to maybe protect like what is yours? 
Yeah, I'll tell you a really simple one that works great for people in a starter in a conversation starter is to first lead with vulnerability and ask the question, I'm curious about blank, right? So what that does is it drops people's defenses and helps them see that you actually want to understand them and understand where they're coming from. So we often make a lot of assumptions about why people are doing what they're doing and it charges us in certain ways and whatever we're triggered by is a good indication of something you need to work through yourself because it's a projection, right? So if you're coming at it from a place of not being triggered and you're going, huh, that isn't the way I would have done it. That isn't I'm confused why this is happening. So I'm curious, you know, so in a situation, let's say I was working with you, Ryan, I'd be, you know, I'd go, I would lead with vulnerability. So maybe I'm scared to have this conversation. I'd share that with you. I'd go, you know, Ryan, something came up. I'm really worried about it. I, I think I'm making up a whole bunch of stories and I'm making some assumptions. I highly value our relationship. So I'm really curious when you did blank, I know I had all these stories come up. I want to understand why you did what you did so that we can work on this together and reach understanding and you can see where I'm coming from and I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, that's a good tip. I've, I know that there's a lot of talk about vulnerability and it's a new, it seems to be a new, I mean, it is courage according yeah. to Brene Brown's research and work. Totally. She's yeah. actually done. Yeah. How do we, what's a safe way to practice that? If we're, if we just don't, we don't go there, you know, I, I think, go there. It, yeah, I, I do work with people. It's funny. I work with a lot of entrepreneurial couples, um, which is really cool. I get to work with couples who are building their businesses together and, you know, which brings different challenges and different places of launching a business from, you know, there's like the benefits and drawbacks of building a business as a partnership in both money and in, and like, you know, sharing your lives together. <laughs> and, um, one I thing, know from firsthand experience. Yes. You're there. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot, there's, there's so many cool opportunities there. And it's also like, Oh wow, we see each other all the time, all, all, all the time, you know, so there's different challenges that come. So the vulnerability piece, I tell people it's sharing your, it's, it's starting by sharing something you're scared to share. So like starting even just with the statement, I'm scared to share this and I'm still going to, here it is. So it's just sharing your fear helps other people drop their guard. It's a really powerful way to show up. It's just like, I, I've, I've told people before, I used to be horrible at conflict. Like, I mean, I would avoid it like the plague. <laughs> and now I so lean in and I, and I, I still sometimes, you know, I'll get like the adrenaline rush and it's like, oh God, I'm scared, you know, and, and I just say it, I just say, I am terrified right now. Like my, and I'll describe even what's going on in my body. I'll be like, oh, I'm like sweating and I'm nervous and I'm afraid of what you're going to say, but I've got to share this because I think it will help. You know, it's like that intention piece. So I'd say two things, right? It's saying you're scared and setting the intention clearly. So what's the intention of having the conversation isn't to fight, isn't to, to, to blame, it's to understand, right? So if you set the intention before it and go, my intention, I want to share something with you. I'm super scared, but my intention is to bring us closer. My intention is to have us be in better understanding of each other. And then that opens to such a different space to have a conversation than if you lead with, you did this, you did that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Would you receive... Do you see working with couples specifically that 
each one, if they are receiving something that's very provocative or resistant, that they just resist more. When they use those strategies? No, when, when, if they, yeah, you did this, you did that. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, nobody enjoys that. Who likes to have someone point the finger at them and say, it's all your fault. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't, you know, so it's like owning responsibility and by leaning in and saying, I'm scared to share this and my intention is for us to grow closer, that's you being responsible. The next step of that is you can't even say, I see where I contributed to what's going on and say that first and then say, here's what I'm noticing with you. Can you tell me if that's true? I'm curious what's happening on your end. Mm. You know, so, so putting, what, what we're talking about is communication here, right? right. Communication skills. Putting yourself in that other person's seat of, let's say you are the recipient of someone that blames and perhaps you maybe did something that was a little off. So how, how do you respond in just taking responsibility, like oh, receiving something that's hard to hear, uh -huh. but also turn around and say, you know, it's that radical responsibility thing. Like, yep, you know what? I did that. Yeah. So what, yeah. How integral is that for someone to keep their integrity in business? I, I like to encourage people to come from the place that things are always co-created. So, you know, someone, depending on the way that they're communicating it with you, that might charge you up. But I still, I think the person with the most skills, the most relationship skills or interpersonal skills is going to be able to slow down and go, thank you for sharing your perspective that's not quite how I see it, but let's see how we can talk about it more. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's it, when you're sharing with somebody what you're experiencing, you can never take away their truth, that their experience of it, that, you know, like the, their experience of it is their experience of it. So it's you saying, I hear you, I hear what you're saying. And I understand. And let me say back to you what I heard and let's keep clarifying. It doesn't mean you have to agree. Mm-hmm. It's okay to disagree. We have different realities. You know, you don't always, it doesn't, conflict resolution doesn't mean that you agree on everything. It means that you come to a place where you understand each other better. Mm. That's powerful. I was listening to another podcast today and the lady speaking was talking about how very rarely can people just lean in to a mm. little discomfort. Yeah. They, yeah we are sitting in disagreement together. Yes. We are with each other in disagreement instead of just, you know, storm out or, you know, be passive aggressive or anything like that. So, so true. With, yeah. with, with that, you know, I like the idea and I, I really like the practice of going into every interaction. As you said, I'm co-creating, you know, that's really taking radical responsibility in the, the sense that I, if I'm there, I'm the common denominator in my life. I ha I have something to do with this. Yeah. And, uh, that's just, that's just so powerful. I'm so glad you mentioned that for the listeners. I want to shift into, uh, a conversation about what is your definition of mastery? Mm. Since it's, this isn't necessarily all about money mindset or relationship mindset, but how do you help people define what going for mastery is? You just said the keywords going for mastery, okay. <laughs> right? So 
uh, it's such an interesting thing because I often talk about like, you so see my three pillars, personal power, win-win relationships, money mastery, right? And it's such an interesting word because I don't actually think that we ever get all the way there. You know, my, my podcast is called Max Potential Habits. And it's like, okay, do we ever max our potential? I don't think so. I think it's an ongoing lifelong journey. You're always going to be learning new levels of yourself and of the skill. I mean, just, it's a constant ongoing journey. So, but to me, mastery looks like, obviously people come to me for certain forms of, of mastery I have where I'm maybe a few steps ahead of the process than they are. That's it. Right. Like it's not that I'm held on this pedestal and I know all the answers. It's that I might just be a few steps ahead of where they are. And I do love to work with in that sense. Oh, I mean, I love working with, I, I love, I love working with people. I only work with people who are ready. You know, like I, I'm not a person who's going to hold your hand in the victim mindset and, and I don't have a magic pill. I don't. I have tools that will help people who are ready to take action and people who are ready to step in and lean into master to working on mastering themselves. You know, people, you've got to have the desire and the commitment and the, and, and I help you with those tools, but you've got to be willing to, to show up. You know, so those are the people that I really attract into my world and who I work with in my, you know, and I do a lot of different types of stuff, but I would say that's probably who's attracted to me. It's like, I mean, it's implicit in the name of my business, right? Like NFA coaching, no fucking around. <laughs> like, right. And when I Boy. say that, it's like, I'm not messing around with your growth and your self-love and your personal care and your sense of well-being and in your, it's, it's, it's no fucking around about you leading an inspired life. You know, right. that to me is the quest. It's not all business all the time. No, you no. Got yeah. All work, no play. Yeah, there's a balance. Yeah. There's an interplay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's say we're all going for mastery. And since, uh-huh. since money is something that you help people shift, my, one of my questions was what's the most, in the people you work with, what's the most difficult block you see that money, that people have around money? <sighs> There are so many. <laughs> I love you saying like the most difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just, it's so awesome. So I have this new program called the Business Accelerator program and it, we'd go through 12 weeks and I spend four of it on money blocks because, and I think I could actually do a whole 12 weeks of just straight up money coaching with people. And most people tell me like that's where they want to dig even deeper because it's so intertwined with our sense of self-worth and our limiting beliefs, and our ability to visualize a different future, our manifestation skills, our sense of radical responsibility. Like it's, it's, it really is one of the ultimate relationships we will have in our life is our relationship to money. And it's, you know, it's who we end up coupling with. It's who we, I mean, there, it's just so big to me. So I would say that very common threads for the people I work with is the fears around not, not being enough. And which means you can't, you'll never have enough. And, and you aren't, and really that's like, I'm not loved enough. You know, those are kind of the core fears that people, and I don't care if you're making five bucks an hour or $10 billion an hour, you people often get stuck in that place of, of the deserving part of money and the, the, you know, cause you'll find someone, you know, I, I've worked with people who've man, who've 
created multi, multi million dollar businesses and they sabotage by hiring someone who steals their money, by hiring, by, by partnering with the wrong company. Like, I mean, there's just so many things that come up and sabotage with money. And I used to really think that wealthy people were like these magical unicorns that had it all figured out. <laughs> and I came to realize like rich people are just people with the same everyday problems as everyone else, you know, and it's, it's, it's just fascinating to look at it as a, to me, it's kind of one of the great illuminators of a lot of our fears and doubts. And so, you know, common ones is I'm not enough. Um, rich people are greedy assholes. So, you know, you, you can't become what you hate. You don't want to become what you hate. So you're going to have a competing, I call it competing commitments. When you say you want something, but your underlying unconscious system believes something else, you're going to have a competing commitment, which is why you're not getting what you want. So getting clarity, I help people raise their clarity and consciousness around their underlying belief system so that they can actually create what they want. So something you've mentioned twice about uh, around this subject and then also earlier was a deserving belief Mm -hmm. and not how do we cultivate a deserving mindset or deserving belief? Because I, this is something that's personal to even me is this, this sense of, one, I understand that I need to celebrate along the way because mm-hmm. when I get to the end of an accomplishment and I just look to the next thing, then my, yeah. my negative association was that wasn't enough. I got to get more or I got to do uh-huh. more. Yeah. So I set and then myself you keep up, up in the ante every I time. Up in the ante. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you're going to crash at some point. So, yeah. which I have. Yeah. Um, but let, let's, Talk about how to either set up maybe a positive, even just something simple with money, a positive neural association, or just a positive deserving belief. Oh, there's so many fun things here. I think I love this conversation because it so gets my inspirational juices going. I'm like, oh, I could talk. I literally could talk about this all day long today with yeah. you. <laughs> um, one thing you can do in, in the direction of starting to nurture yourself is take yourself on. I actually learned this in a book called The Artist's Way. She does artist dates with, she has you do artist dates. And so I call these, I call, I say just take yourself on a date and treat yourself. Okay, so this is you cultivating self-care and, and, and you want to do it as if you're, you're free to just play right? Like the artist date was cool because it's like you go out and you do all these fun things that you would do kind of as a child, right? Like children don't have the fear of going out and playing. They just go play, right? Adults start to lose that skill because they don't think they deserve it. They don't think there's time for it. They don't treat themselves. And so I say, go out on an artist date. And it, and let's say you're in a financially strapped position. Do something for free. It doesn't have to be expensive, right? For me, when I started this process I I didn't have I, I like spending money on a cup of coffee was a big treat like five dollars on a cup of coffee at Starbucks was like a big treat and so that would be a that would be something I would do to treat myself I'd be like okay I'm gonna go to Starbucks and I'm getting my favorite coffee I'm gonna bring my journal and I would spend five hours journaling and at this coffee shop that made me feel very like opulent and fancy and I loved it you know and it was just a nice way to treat myself so you know depending on your financial situation it could be go to you know, go to a local hotel where there's a whole bunch of wealthy people hanging out and sit there, bring a mug of your own thermos of coffee and sit there and just daydream and, and surround yourself with beautiful things. You know, like there's a lot of ways that we can trick 
start to focus our brain in the direction we want to go, right? So that's you taking care of yourself and raising your deserve level. And of course, I always go back to personal growth and development, like work on yourself every day. Because the more you love yourself, you raise your deserve level. I really think our financial reality is tied to our level of feeling worthy. So, you know, there's always the argument that there's super wealthy people that don't really like themselves. True. Do they keep it? What do they do with it? How do they feel about the money? So it's not necessarily the amount of money. It's how we feel about the money is an indicator of our sense of self-worth. And if we have high self-worth, we're going to appreciate ourselves. We're going to appreciate the money that comes our way. And we're going to, we're going to be signaling out in the law of attraction that we deserve to have more of it. You know, what, what we appreciate appreciates. And how have you seen the law of attraction work in just gaining traction from going from food stamps to a six figure coaching business? That's an incredible leap. I'm sure yeah. it's a lot of work, but what, uh, you know, what would you say? Oh, this is like my new juicy favorite thing right now is, um, you know, when you asked at the beginning about what was inspiring me, all of my personal growth and development reading right now is in the law of attraction. Like I want to become a, a master of the science and the art of manifestation and which is based on the law of attraction. And the reason is because the more that I implement the rules or the, the rules really, the more that I see my life expand. And then, you know, I get to work with a lot of clients and, and I help them with their manifestation skills. And it's so freaking fun to watch what happens when you really start to understand the way the universe works, you know? So I think about it as universal principles and laws that we are operating under, whether we believe them or not, you know, so you can pretend that it doesn't exist. What's one of those laws? Uh, magnetism, right? Like the law of attraction is a law that exists and it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, right? So likes attract likes and what you focus on expands. So, you know, under the law of attraction and magnetism, if you're clear about what you want, so, so I actually, uh, I, I released my, my pod, was it today? Part of what my podcast that was going to be really soon is talking about the three-step manifestation formula. So number one, you clearly define what you want. Number two, take action in the direction of what you want. And number three, trust the universe to take care of the house. So under this law of attraction, first you've got to clearly define what you want. And again, this goes back to personal power. Do you know what you want? Do you know yourself? And a lot of people limit what they want based on what they think they're allowed to have, which has to do again with deserve level. So all these things that I work with and teach really intersect to how help someone you know, manifest what you want. <laughs> how would someone know they're ready? You said you work with people that are ready. How What's well, that I trust like that they wouldn't like? even be coming to me if they weren't. <laughs> ah, there it is. Yeah, I, I haven't, I have had so many people, and I think this is common with coaches. I've had so many people tell me, ah, oh, you were like perfectly timed in my life when the teach, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. You know, and I'm like, how cool is that? And of course, because we're attracting each other, you know, like those seeds were planted and I'm putting out the content to attract the people into my world who are ready for some pretty massive shifts. You know, like I, uh, so such a huge gift the other day, someone told me that, you know, they were coming to the end of the program and, you know, I was asking them what they got out of the course. And they said, you know, you, you're really not a coach, you're a healer. And I was like, 
ah, it like it made me cry. I just was like, wow, that's powerful. And it really, it's because it's what I care about. You know, like I care about people's well-being and I care that they shift. And so I bring everything I can to the table. And so, you know, when people are ready, how do you know you're ready? It's when you, when you make a decision and you take action and you start to be congruent where, with do, saying with what you say and what you do. Right. That's how you know you're ready. The B moment. Yeah, totally. So you, you, you'll start to see evidence in your, of your, in your life of the things that you say you want coming true. Oh, I love that. That's how you know you're ready. So we're coming to the end. A couple more, just one more question about uh, values versus needs. Mm -hmm. What is uh, exercise? If someone's like a very structured based person, Mm -hmm. what would be an exercise or resource where they could discern or help themselves see what are my values versus like, what are these just like basic needs or what are these things that I think I need? What, how would someone start that work? Um, that's a, that's, it's not necessarily like a quick answer. Cause I take people through it. You know, I do a two hour values determination process. Okay. So, it's so not, that's what I was wanting to know. Yeah, so yeah. What, what would yeah. you do? Yeah. So there's ways, the I mean, something to just start asking yourself, like I look at needs as like survival stuff, right? Like we need, we need food, we need shelter, we need water. Ultimately we need love because or, or relationships at least, right? Because we really don't thrive without that. So those are needs. Um, the love one gets complicated because you know, we've said a lot of what the complications can be in relationships. So it's like, we need for our survival. We need food, shelter, water. There's that right. Values are a totally different deal where we're talking about your highest inspired priorities. So your life, your life is demonstrated. Sorry. Your values are demonstrated by what you do every day. So I could follow you around for one day at max two and figure out really quickly what your values are. I can figure it out in a, you know, with most of the people that I interact with within about 15 minutes of talking to them, I can know what their values are. And it's because we talk about what's important to us. We think about what's important to us. We attract our way what's important to us. We spend money on what's important to us. So if you want to start understanding your values, start with, I call them the four STEM, and Martini calls them the four STEM, I believe. It's, and it's STEM, S-T-E-M. So what do you fill your space with? What do you spend your time on? What do you spend your energy doing or what energizes you? And what do you spend your money on? And that gives you a good indication of some of your values. And the biggest problem people run into is that they want their values to be something they're not. So they want to kind of lie to themselves about like, (laughs) you know, they'll say, I'll work with people and and I can see their values clearly in there, but they're like, oh, but like, they want it to be that they're great parents or something. You know, I, I, it, there's a multitude of different things. And, and really, it doesn't, the evidence of their life doesn't show that. And that's okay, right? It's, it's partly you understanding so that then you can shift your value system if you want. So it's not a fingerprint thing like a personality test. Your values okay. change across your life course. And you can choose to change your values. So for me, I changed, my, I changed wealth building to my highest value, which is why I had such a massive shift. Whereas before it wasn't on my value system at all. And that's why I was stuck in the situation I was in. Sure. Last question. This was inspired by me watching a little clip from Jerry Maguire today, as I talked to you earlier about, and he titled his mission statement, uh, the things we think and do not say. 
<laughs> so my question to you, you can address that is like, what are some things we think and do not say? But more importantly, why is it, why is it important to take the time to cultivate either a mission statement for your life or to just take the time to, to give things in your life meaning? Ah, such a great question. And so important. I mean, I obviously, so my coaching is built on uh, mindset, habits, and, and vision, which your vision is your mission. So, you know, I look at and how to manifest that. So it's impossible to manifest something that you're not clear about. So you cultivating clarity in your mission is your roadmap to creating the life that you want to create. So if you don't have a mission statement, you don't have any goals written down, you don't have any clarity on your visions, the universe is going to bring a whole bunch of stuff for you, to you to help you figure it out. Mm. So it, How it's, kind. That right? <laughs> <laughs> but this yeah. also creates some suffering though for people because they oh, yeah. see that as being overwhelmed, right? With certain things that come into their life. Yeah. But it's actually for them. Yeah. For them to learn. Yeah. And it's to help you clarify. Mm. So what are some things we think and do not say? It's, it's strange what popped into my head when you asked this question, but I'm just going to say it. I think it's, it's sharing that you're scared. Almost every single person I work with, including myself, is scared sometimes. And it drives so many interesting things when we don't acknowledge it and we want to run away from it. So it was that you, know, you were talking about how people don't want to sit in the discomfort. Like we're scared, we're scared to be in pain. We want to, we try to avoid it and you avoiding it causes it to grow. So I think that, you know, it's like people, you know, people have those thoughts, but they don't share it and the sharing it diffuses it, you know? So it's like sharing with someone that you're scared changes everything and it, it creates connection with yourself and it creates connection with other people. So, and it, it is the starting point of you recognizing areas where you need to shift or grow, you know? So I think it's a really powerful thing to even just sit down and go like, what am I scared of? Because if you're not getting the life that you say you want, there's some underlying fear. Usually I'd say almost 90, almost hundred percent of the time, it's some underlying fear that's holding you back, limiting thoughts, limiting beliefs, fears from the past, anxiety about, you know, your projections into the future, your worries and doubts that haven't even been created yet. Like fear is a big one. So it's like that, that idea of like the scared piece, like I'm scared. What am I scared of? What's holding me back and starting to tackle it by taking action in the direction that you want to go instead of letting those fears hold you back. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much for being on today. You are I, welcome. My, my mission with this podcast is to empower each life I touch. So whether I touch that person on my chiropractic table or through the ethers and the airwaves, um, I, I just I try to lean into empowering people by having guests like you to people to reach people to heal, grow, and find their flow in life. So I really appreciate you sharing your, your, this knowledge and this wisdom that you've gained from going from on the floor crying to this amazing, bright, shining coach. So thank you so much for being with me today, Dr. Amanda. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. Whether you consider yourself ready or not, I hope the actionable steps Amanda dropped in this episode help you take 
that one more step towards your health, healing, growth, and finding your flow into a life that has meaning. I'm going to read a note from Dr. Amanda. The creation of NFA coaching was inspired by my own personal relationship, money, and professional growth and development journey. I did at some point recognize that we do not receive any formal education on how to thrive in our daily lives. There are no required self-empowerment, relationship, entrepreneur, leadership, business, or money skill courses offered in the traditional school setting. So we hobble along in the dark, learning the best we can from those around us. Many people feel dissatisfied and are longing for greater fulfillment, ease, and joy. NFA coaching is designed to meet those needs. And there we grow again, Life Alive Tribe. I'm so grateful you stopped by to reawaken your hope, purpose, and passion about this one life we have to live. It's that time for the Life Alive Sound Off. No matter where you are right now, it's time to pick your chin up, roll your shoulders back, and say, I choose to live a life totally alive.